I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked down to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, the Dookie to my Tar Heel. What Why? you got for me, Isaac Harris? Why would you do this? <laughs> Why? I don't want to start off with this. <laughs> We're back. We took the weekend off. Um, let's talk thanks about to the, Thanks to the two of you that missed us over the weekend, by the way. <laughs> I got some DMs. Asking we had one person say, are you guys alive? Fair yes. question. Fair question. I took it Saturday entirely off, and it felt very good. My wife and I went to Disney. We hung out. Uh, and then we cleaned the guest room because we have some friends coming over for her spring break, and the guest room looks like, man, if you just dropped a bunch of like moving boxes off of a, a the top of a, like a roof and it just smashed all over the ground, that's what our guest room looks like. So I, all I heard was spring break at Nick's. That's all. Yeah. That's all hurt. Yeah, four of her uh, three of her friends are coming and um, they're all So married. basically, <laughs> if you are in college, you need a spot to go on spring break. Nick lives on the beach at, on a beach condo in in Florida, <laughs> white sand, and he provides own drinks. So there you go. Uh, the area will provide its own entertainment where there are very sketchy individuals that will walk by our house frequently. Our dog will bark to alert you that they are near. And so you can go out and look at them. <laughs> Remember our mad scientist, as well as the many people that have bikes with uh, wagons attached to them. I do remember that. Yeah. Uh, real quick, uh, Oscar note. Did you see Parasite? Cause- the only two Oscar-nominated movies I saw for Best Picture were Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Parasite. I loved Parasite. I did not care for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, although I did not understand the story completely, and it was very ignorant of me and my wife to walk out and be like, that made no sense. But we were like, oh, it was supposed to not be what it was, but then it was, yeah. So, uh, But Parasite, we loved. Loved that movie. See, I haven't got to see Parasite yet. I just loved all of the love that it was getting. I was all aboard Little Women winning anything and everything. I love that movie. Uh, both my wife and I love that movie. But I was happy. I was happy that Joaquin Phoenix won Best Actor. I thought he did an incredible job in Joker. But that speech, though, I'm not going to dive into it too much. But I was. I haven't been more confused in a speech in a long time. <laughs> oh, I was going to say I didn't see it, so I don't know. I did see Adam Sandler's speech at the Independent Spirit Awards, and I thought that that was great. It was a very good speech. It's on YouTube. You can go check it out. I thought that was great. Well, the only thing about Joaquin Phoenix's speech is I texted uh, a buddy of mine, and I just said, "Is are we sure he's not still in character? So <laughs> He I can't just, get out of it. He can't get out of it. <laughs> anyway, we have some Mavs games to talk about. There were two over the weekend, or at least Friday and Saturday. We got some uh, another Wildcat potentially coming to town. <laughs> Uh, so we have plenty to talk about today. Wild cats in the house. <laughs> I'm not singing High School Musical right now. Yep, on the podcast today, we got a couple games over the weekend that we did not talk about. Uh, a Porzingis-less game that the Mavericks won, and a Porzingis-filled game that the Mavericks uh, gave away inexplicably. So we'll talk about that game. Oh, God, we haven't talked about that crap. No, we haven't. We, we took two no. two weekend days off, so... Uh, which weekend downloads are down? They're not. They're not as as big as weekdays. That's why we have this whole 
we're under contract for Monday through Friday, so uh, <laughs> it's actually we, true. That's actually week, true. weekends are kind of up to us. That's something we kind of do extra for you guys. But we should put bonus the- on every single weekend pod because they literally are all bonus. But we like to we like to have the the you know the rhythm of after every single game you listen to us. But we ruined it this weekend, so true. And there's a lot of people that listen on their commutes and stuff. So yeah. a lot of people take podcasts off over the weekends. It's just a fact. And so anyway, there you go. Yeah, that's why we that's why we didn't record this weekend. So all right. Um, and then in the third segment, we're going to get into some buyout candidates. Um, there's a bunch of obviously Michael Kidd Gilchrist is something we'll talk about on this episode. Uh, the possibility of it. By the time you're listening, he may have signed already. The Mavs may have moved on from that situation but we'll talk about the possibility of it and then we'll name a bunch of other candidates that we think could also be bought out um there's some candidates already that are floating around out there so we'll talk about them that's what we're getting into on today's show all right isaac the uh first game of the weekend friday night uh the the mavericks took on the washington wizards in washington in front of uh friend of the pod kirk serious face which it was always funny to. Oh, I forgot Kirk was at that game. Yeah, always funny to read Kirk's tweets when he's in when he's at the game. <laughs> just everything's more pronounced, and it's just so much more funny to me. Um, my first note of the game in the first quarter, after the first couple of possessions, I said, "If threes start to hit, these teams will score 150 each because they were just no defense. There was just no defense at all from the Mavericks from either side." Uh, but shots weren't going down, so it ended up being a pretty normal first quarter. Through the second quarter, trading buckets back and forth. Uh, Chris Alps Porzingis picked up his third foul early in the second quarter while he's guarding Rui Hachimura. He had a hard time guarding Rui Hachimura in this game. Uh, I've, I've been pretty impressed with Rui Hachimura, actually. Um, it was bad on Porzingis' part to not be able to guard him, but he's actually been pretty good this season. Uh, I've liked what I've seen from him. Um, I actually like him a lot, and I, I hated that he went seventh and kind of gave him these expectations that were sky high, but uh, I, I actually really like his game, and yeah, we'll see with that. It's a good place for him to go for the expectations not to be very high, the Wizards, right? True. Like, it, it's it's actually proven opposite, that there's not very, I mean, maybe in Washington there's high expectations, but it's kind of more like a Dennis situation. Like, okay, this is the guy, this is our young guy, but, you know, uh, at least for them, they have a better version of what Harrison Barnes was to, to hitch their whole franchise on. Um, Porzingis then picks up his fifth, or th- go through the third quarter. Um, Porzingis picks up his fifth foul in the very early in the fourth quarter, and he, he got left in for a couple of minutes, which I was surprised. Game still back and forth. Nobody really could get a lead in this game. Uh, it's just there's just not a lot of defense. The Mavericks got you know. I think their high, their, the biggest lead of the night was eight points <laughs> in like the first quarter or the third quarter. Um, just going back and forth. And then uh, go through the end of the game. And holy cow, <laughs> the end of this game was wild. Um, it was... Oh, this is brutal. <laughs> I feel like Bradley Bill missed like 18 shots in a row. I was actually happy. I'm like, hey, keep on. Give it to Brad Bill because he was missing shots. I thought Dorian was defending him well. And I, you liked how it was going until until the last play. Well, you loved how it was going because uh, it was tied 117, 117. Porzingis drives. Uh, he doesn't fa- he doesn't get fouled, and he causes a turnover. So you're like freaking out. Uh, and then on the other end, KP alters Bradley Beal's shot with about six seconds left. The Mavericks don't call a timeout. They go on the other end. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, draws basically a charge or a blocking foul um draws a blocking foul sorry not a charge 
Um, and he goes to the free throw line basically with you know 1.6 seconds or 1.8 or whatever it was left uh, with two free throws to win the game. I mean, to, to win the game, he can the, the score is tied, and if he hits both of them, they're up by two. If he hits one, they should win the game. So he hits the second one, which the first one rimmed out, and just I can't imagine what some of you that freak out about losses and freak out about free throws, you know, like the Venn diagram of fans that freak out about losses and freak out about free throws shooting. Like, that the just in became, between. Yeah, that just the in between right there. Just I mean, they probably all passed out and didn't see the end. So uh, he hits the second one. The Mavericks should win this game. One, you know, less than two seconds left. The Mavericks inbound or the the Wizards inbound the ball to mm. Bradley Beal. They basically run. Uh, a pick and roll off the ball um, without the ball because they had to inbound it. They didn't have a lot of time left. And then, uh, oh God, God, this one. Uh, Tim Hardaway what? Jr. is supposed to switch onto Bradley Beal. He's a step too late because he's looking right. Like he, he's, he's about to switch and he's looking right to see Bradley Beal come over the top of the screen and try and go for a three. Instead, Bradley Beal cuts back door, and Tim Hardaway Jr. is looking the wrong way when Bradley Beal starts making his cut. So he's a step too late. Then DeLon Wright comes to help from the corner, uh, the weak side corner. He comes all the way over, but doesn't. Go, he goes probably one or two steps too um, late. Like No, he stops one or two steps too early. And Bradley Beal is able to kind of euro around him and step around and get the layup off with time. when he first got the layup off. I did not think that it was within the time. I thought that it was uh, for some. I thought there's no way that he got all that done in 1.4 seconds, 1.6 seconds, whatever it was. Uh, I thought there had to be some kind of clock malfunction. But they never look. They always look at when it ends, not when the clock starts. Right? Shouldn't that be something you should be able to challenge? Like, oh, yeah. the clock didn't start until. You know, whatever. Like, he made his second dribble or whatever. Uh, but it was clean. He got it off. It was a crazy, you know, buzzer beater. That was one of the worst defensive possessions. The Maverick. The Mavericks are not a good defensive team. I think we've said this all year. That's not one of their strengths. Um, yes. And some of his personnel, maybe some of it is scheme. This, to me, is, is on coach, and this is on, you know, it's on everybody, coach and players on the floor, because mm. it's it's ridiculous to allow a layup with a second left. Uh, somebody DM'd me or tweeted me today and said, "Why would they not put KP or Boban on the inbounder?" I just thought that was that's a great they point. Did, they did they did put KP on the inbounder. Oh, was KP? But, yeah, that and that was the thing that that was my counter to. You know, some people are like, "Hey, why didn't you have your seven three? Oh yeah, uh, no Boban. Why was Boban not? And then KP was guarding the rim. That's what they said. They said, okay, "Why not do that?" Here's the thing with like the KP at the rim or even Boban at the rim. You just gonna have him stand underneath the basket if so because they just ran five out. Like nobody was even in. Yeah, like, and in they were the hitting pay. jumpers too. So so you're not gonna put KP standing underneath the goal and having like Bertons in the you know corner close to the ball there or something. Like now the only other arc the. If you if we're casting blame on everything, like this is is a lot of it goes on Tim Hardaway in that play, but Delon has some blame in that in that play too because Delon should yeah, have been sure. hedging a little bit more towards the paint because Delon's quick enough guy to where even if they did do the cross court all the you know the pass over KP's arms all the way to Delon's guy in the far corner, Delon would have time to get back you know get over to that player. Heck, he might still be able to even steal it. So he should have been closer in there. I, I had an issue with how how tightly um, 
guarded Bert's. I think it was Bertons that Tim Hardaway was guarding. That you know, Maxie Hardaway was, was guarding Bertons in the in the strong side corner. Okay, well, whoever was setting the pick, it was, up I think there, it was Wagner. It was Mo Wagner. That's it was even worse that it was Wagner, right? If it was Bertons, you kind of understand because he's a sharpshooter. He's gonna hit. He's gonna hit a shot like that, but. Yeah. He just played him too close. That's a you know those situations. If you're Hardaway, you let Wagner set the pick, and you know you're you're off of him by you know two feet. Let him set the pick to where there. Then you have the vision yeah. of where Brad's going to cut, and he was so close up on Wagner that he had to guess, and he guessed wrong, and he guessed that Brad Bradley Beal's going to go over the top of the pick. Bradley Beal read it perfectly. Who knows? That could have been the play, but Beal just changed it. And I mean, yeah. he saw that Tim Hardaway, you know, went the other direction. He cut to the basket, and I think an underrated part of this play is the pass. I think. Oh like, yeah, that, that's what that's what made it work with the time. I mean, I'm, I don't know who passed it in. I don't. I, I need to go back and look at it, but whoever passed it in is a heck of a pass because they got it over KP's arms, and it wasn't like yeah. I mean, it was just a perfect pass for Bill to do that. So. Give Washington credit, but it was a colossal mistake of a possession for the Mavericks. I was very frustrated, uh, as everybody was. I'm like, how how do we do this? Um, especially when there's one second left. The you know you would much rather a 35 foot shot than you know I would rather guess on him cutting to the basket and you know rather give up an open 35 footer than an open uh, two footer. But that's just how it played out and. Um, they moved on, and they moved on to the Charlotte game the very next day in Charlotte where Porzingis uh, decided to set out. Troy, ba- Tr- Troy Brown Jr. threw the, the pass, by the way. Good good on him. Good pass, Troy. Good pass, Troy. All right, coming up, let's get into the Wizards game a little bit, and then let's talk about some of these buyout candidates that are coming up. Um, the Wizards that, game. Uh, and Michael K. Gilchrist will talk about that, and then some of these buyout candidates. But before we do, Isaac Harris, um, nice. have you had a – do you do any kind of physical, you know, fitness for like your your New Year's, resolu- New Year's resolution? Are you getting into any kind of routine? Yeah, trying to. Because I kind of need one. Uh, and right now, uh, we have a great deal with this partner, uh, Echelon Fit. Go to echelonfit.com to discover their EX1 connected fitness bikes that offer a high quality at home cycling experience at less than half the price of a Peloton. I've gone to some of these like spin class or cycle class with people and it's just so awkward like you you're there you have to wipe off the seat from somebody else you have to adjust it all the time because it's always not you know I'm, I'm like six foot three so it's hard to find you know a right seat that's adjusted to me the teacher has to come over and help you and like all this kind of stuff why can't i just have it every single time it's weird other people in there. If you get an Echelon bike, you can do all that at home. They make beautiful engineered products for everyone, busy moms, dads, first responders, elite athletes, whatever your fitness level is. Uh, and with daily live and on-demand studio classes right in your home, you'll never have to step foot in a gym, which is what I don't want to do. Uh, go to echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-B-A, the letter O, the letter L, the letter O, N-B-A, to learn about their limited time Free Apple iPad and complete details of this offer. Echelon, it's your time. Uh, and right now, uh, you can get a free Apple iPad with it. Uh, don't pay a ton for a Peloton. Buy a bike with Echelon today under $1,000. Straight up, under $1,000. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash L-O-N-B-A. Echelon fit.com slash L-O-N-B-A. All right, Isaac, walk us through the Hornets game. Uh, I was not able to watch this one, uh, but Porzingis did not play in this game. Again, Luka's still out. 
Um, but you know, everyone else is pretty pretty much healthy. Uh, Curry played in the Wizards game, and he played in this Hornets game. Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, Berea has not played. Uh, he did not play in the Wizards game, and he I don't think he played in the Hornets game either, right? No, he didn't play in the Hornets game either. And you know, without Luca, without KP, they go in there, they win by sixteen. You know, it's a win, and it's fun seeing wins. You obviously you know, have more fun watching Mavs games when you see Luca and KP out there. But you know, it was a fun, uh, fun matchup for the, or really the whole team. When you want to see right now the supporting cast around those guys, who's going to step up? And it was another one of those things where Tim Hardaway, you know, he just scored fourteen points, but it felt like they were up by twenty the whole game. I think they got close to thirty. I know they're at like 28, up by 20 or 29. 31, biggest lead, 31. That okay. was uh, around end of third quarter going into the fourth. Yeah, I mean, it was literally that from, it felt like from the opening tip. The Mavericks, are, it, it's like they came off that bad loss against Washington. They did exactly what you wanted them to do. Even without Porzingis, coming off the bad, the bad loss, you're like, hey, you got to go in the Charlotte, flip the switch really quick, forget about last night, and go in there, win big, you know, get your confidence back. That's exactly what they did. A lot was made about Seth Curry. Every time he goes back to Charlotte, him or Steph, it's hometown. Dale Curry's on the on the broadcast, their dad, for the Hornets. And uh, he, he came through, and it was awesome to see that. He went 6 of 8 from behind the arc. Uh, the 26 points on the night, 10 of 14 shooting. I mean, he was shooting the lights out, and some of his threes were way behind the line. I mean, what, 28, 30 feet, some of them. And, um, uh, he, I mean, he's the story of the game in this game. And, like I said, I don't want to spend a ton on it, but I thought Willie Cauley-Stein had, had, had moments in this game. He had a 15-10 and 10 game. Plus minus for everybody loves that. He was a plus 25 uh, game high for the Mavericks. So. Much needed good moments for Willie Cauley-Stein, I think. Yeah, yeah. Good good moments from him. Um, Courtney Lee played 16 minutes in this game. He started the Washington game. Uh, yeah, because, what- because he's the best at guarding Bradley Beal. Remember that was the second game of the season, and Courtney Lee started, and we were all like, what the hell is going on with Courtney Lee starting? And Carl- Carlisle said, We've done our research. We went back and watched all the possessions all of our players have played against Bradley Beal, and he was the best at guarding him. So that's why he is the Washington Wizards starting specialist. <laughs> um, we'll that's talk just more one of the Courtney. funniest things all year. That's like Nerlens with matchups, right? That's that's up there. That's up there for me with Nerlens and matchups. That's a classic. But uh, uh, Mavericks shot 17, 17 of thirty five from the three point line, forty eight percent, and that that was kind of the story of the game. They just they never let up on the uh, on the Wizards. I wish uh, on the Hornets and Malik Monk had a couple nasty dunks in this game. If y'all missed uh, Malik Monk's dunks, uh, go back and watch them. That was pretty much their only highlight. But Really, and then we can transition from this point to it. Really, the story, uh, the fact that they're playing the Hornets is kind of uh, ironic. But before the game even started earlier that morning, you know, reports came out that, you know, Charlotte had just bought out Marvin Williams a few days ago. And, you know, he was going to Milwaukee. And news came out that they were going to buy out Michael Kidd Gilchrist and that Dallas was a serious. Um, uh, suitor for Kid Gilchrist uh, whenever that buyout was completed. So that was before they even played the Hornets in Charlotte on Saturday night. So it kind of, that was kind of the um, bigger storyline of, oh, dang, is, is Kid Gilchrist, MKG just going to like walk down the hallways? He's just going like, <laughs> to, yeah. hey. And, but um, just rolls yeah. his suitcase from one locker room to the other. 
you know, we briefly uh, talked about MKG and Rondé Hollis Jefferson back what, a week or so ago. Brad Townsend was the yeah. very first guy to report that mm-hmm. the Mavericks had shown interest in both of those guys. Before the trade deadline. Yeah, before the trade deadline that they'd you know, put out some flyers on, on both of those guys. And we kind of like, eh, okay, you know, that's just a end of the bench type of thing. And so now that, you know, ESPN, different people is reporting that this buyout, which they end up not really buying him out. They put him on waivers. So that's why this process is taking a little bit longer that he's going to actually clear waivers. Assuming nobody picks him up. Um, yeah. He's going to clear waivers on Monday. Then he'll be a free agent. Then he'll pick his own team from there. And that, that literally means he goes through a system where teams have the opportunity to pick him up as far as uh, – Dang, I'm talking out of school here. Uh, teams that are teams are able to claim him off waivers in a certain order, uh, yeah. and then after he clears it, then you can sign him. Um, after and who, that, whoever would claim if somebody did claim him, they would assume that responsibility to pay him, and then you know, yeah, that's that, yeah, yeah, that's right. To where if he goes unclaimed, Charlotte's still in the books for that money, but then he becomes a free agent, and then he can sign for you know, sign wherever he wants to for how much ever cost. So I think the bigger question now is now that it it could be a realistic possibility uh, at the time you're listening to this, it might already be done. He might already be a member of the Mavericks before the game uh, against Utah. Do we think like how, how do we feel about this? I know how I feel about it. How are you viewing the kid Gilchrist possible addition in Dallas? I think it's just like Willie Cauley-Stein or the, you know, the center. We all hoped that they would get, you know, Baines and, you know, a wing that would actually really help. Um, you know, maybe like a, you know, like a Marcus Morris or whoever we talked about at some point, uh, a wing that would be like, oh yeah, heck yeah. That guy would come in right away, be a rotation player, just like Baines. You know, we hope that that would be the, the combo. Uh, but we're getting, you know, maybe a C level of that <laughs> with Willie Cauley-Stein coming in. He's going to, Maybe answer a couple questions off the bench, um, but Michael Gilchrist would be the same thing. If you get anything from him, if he somehow you know morphs into this role and just thrives in the role that the Mavericks give him, then that's definitely a positive. If he doesn't, then I don't think you're losing anything. If you add Michael Kidd Gilchrist, now him as a player, he's always been you know a great defensive player, always defends the best player you know on the other team, the best wing player on the other team. That's been his calling card all you know his career, and he's been pretty good at it. Um, he's always been pretty good in transition too. You're able to, you know, throw. He's pretty athletic. You can throw the ball ahead, and he'll get it and dunk it. Um, half court offense, you're not getting a whole lot. <laughs> you're not getting a whole <laughs> lot at all. The shot we've talked about a lot, but him driving and doing anything like that, um, we just haven't seen that in his career. And he, there is something to be said about a guy like Willie Cauley Stein and now like Michael Kidd Gilchrist that they went high in the draft and they've just been at these sucky teams all year. Uh, and you you said you always want to give guys chances that have been on these bad teams to go out and prove it. You said this with Andre Drummond. I think on a lower level, you can say this even more so with some of these guys that maybe wouldn't transcend their situation, right? And I think Michael Kidd-Gilchrist is one of those players. So if you're trying to be hopeful about this, this signing, then maybe he can find a role um, where he comes off the bench, he defends pretty well, uh, maybe he defends in spot you know, minutes, the Mavericks play five out with Porzingis at the five, have enough you know, shooting that his lack of shooting doesn't hurt them to a degree. Uh, and then maybe he can be you know, a defensive player, uh, an upgrade over Justin Jackson in, in the rotation in a certain way, right? Like that's, that's the, yeah. 
that's the height of this. I don't think that you bring him in, he becomes, you know, something else. They fix his shot, and all of a sudden they have this three and D, you know, guy that can start for you. You know, like I don't think that's yeah. what this is. Um, but yeah, but yeah, I, I think that it, it could be a nice move for him. Yeah, and I think that's the key to um, if this addition does happen, they sign him. That we just got you got to manage your expectations with this. You, you can't have him exceed everything. Expect him to come in and you know be a six man or man, man. Imagine him starting with Dorian. Then we could have like a defensive. Don't have those expectations for him. It's just like Nick said. I think we're just we should be viewing it just like the Willie Cauley Stein deal. And that you pretty much gave up nothing to get Willie Cauley Stein. You're pretty much going to give up nothing to sign Michael Kidd Gilchrist. We'll talk about just in a, a little bit like what the roster move would be. But you know, it's just a you know we hear especially when his name gets thrown out. Like I I remember him when he was in college. He was with Anthony Davis on those on that Kentucky team. He was a second overall pick behind Anthony Davis in that draft he's been in the league eight years which is crazy uh but yeah, he's still he's, just he's been in charlotte the whole time which is wild there's yes. there's a stat that the only number two overall picks since like 2010 to still be with their teams were uh michael kid gilchrist and marvin bagley and then obviously john morant that's crazy <laughs> it's the only ones it's not wild most of them are lakers wow. but <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, he's still just 26 years old. It's a type of move that you got to throw a flyer at. And That's you a gotta, flyer right there. Yes, that Michael Kidd Gilchrist defin- is a flyer. Definition of a flyer. I, I do, not to be the Debbie Downer about it, but if he gets if he's bought out and he's a free agent and he doesn't join one of the contenders like the Lakers or something like that. And by and large, the Lakers could use a player like that that can defend some of these wings. And if they're not looking at him, then it's kind of saying something. Yeah, and that's that's all I want to say is like Dallas is going to take the flyer on it. But if he was, I'm just kind of, I'm trying to temper the expectation a little bit because I've seen Mavs Twitter kind of get a little, you know, super excited about it. And I get it to an extent. But, you know, if he was really, really, you know, good, then uh, like a lot of these (laughs) other teams would be going, you know, going after him and make it, you know, some of these top contender teams because it's not like, Dallas is offering him a starting spot and you know 28 minutes a night. Dallas wouldn't be offering that. They would be offering him literally probably competing minutes with Justin Jackson. And I think that's probably an honest debate of like who's better, him or Justin. You know, he's a better defender. Justin's a better shooter. I kind of look at it as he's kind of like Dorian three years ago, like right now. Like yeah, a except good he's been defender. in the NBA for eight years. Exactly. <laughs> he isn't but an like, undrafted rookie. He went number it, two overall. It, That's exactly. so crazy that he went number two overall. I mean, and, but now, it's like, and now he's like not even – the thing with with the Hornets right now, we need to, to move on. But we the thing with the Hornets is he's not injured. He just hasn't played. They've just – DNPCD, yeah. the coach's decision, they decided to move him out of the rotation, completely move on from him. And it's not like he's drumming where he's upset with his role and, you know, or Kevin Love where he's like – you know, being a detriment on the court, right? Like, yeah, they just decided not to play with them, and it's wild. All right, coming up, let's let's keep talking about this. We'll get into Michael Carter Jr. Michael Carter Jr. Michael Carter William. No, damn, damn it. Uh, Freudian Woo! slip. A wing, a six foot six guy that can't shoot. You're getting your hyphen hyphenated names mixed up. We took two days off, and I can't think of any names anymore. Um, all right, coming up, let's get into more Michael Kidd Gilchrist and then some of the buyout candidates for that are, that are coming up. Coming up. All right, Isaac, I think I've collected my thoughts now. Um, Michael Kidd Gilchrist, you know, it's a flyer type move, 
And if he was if he was valuable and he had some potential, then maybe some of these contenders, like you were saying, would you know be interested in him. But right now, it's only the Mavericks, and maybe that's because they think that they can fix him. <laughs> yeah, I, okay. I would say if he's valuable, win now type of player right now, I think some contenders have. I think he still might have some potential, and that's what Dallas is throwing the flyer out and saying, "Hey, we'll take the flyer on the 26 year old who's been stuck in Charlotte forever. Good defender, good size." Um, you know, second overall pick, all that stuff. We'll take the flyer on that to bring him off the bench, see what, you know, can happen, see if we can develop him into something here in a different type of system. And so I'm all about making making this type of move at this point in the season. Hey, yeah, heck yeah, throw the flyer sure. at a guy like this. Hopefully it works out. That'd be awesome. But then the question is, what does Dallas do to create the roster spot? Yeah. And you ha- they have a couple of situations here of, you know, the two obvious ones. You're looking at the end of the roster and you're saying, all right, you got the expiring contract of Courtney Lee. And then you have the contract of Ryan Brokoff. So you can either pursue also expiring. Buy- yeah, yeah, exactly. So both of them are expiring. So you can either just straight up wave Ryan Brokoff, sign Michael Kidd Gilchrist, go that route. Or you can approach Courtney Lee uh, with a potential buyout type of thing of saying, hey, do you want to, you know, can we work out a buyout? We'll save some money. You go join another team. Uh, he could push back on that and say, hey, just wave me and then I'll get my full money and then I could still join another team, yeah. which I could do that too, I guess, if they wanted. But um, I'm curious to see if they do sign Kid Gilchrist. I'm curious to see the route that they could go. I know people's throwing at us the Justin Jackson thing. Why don't they just wave him? Justin Jackson still do money next year, so you kind of run million, into not just like minimum money, like five million is legit money. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if they would you know cut bait with Justin right now at this exact moment. I think if they did waive Justin, they would probably have to know an exact, um, maybe not exact, but a pretty good chance that another team would pick him up to where they wouldn't be on the on the hook for that money. Uh, but then again, Justin's still a younger player; they might still you know. Anyway, so. I think both of us would agree it's probably the waving of Brokoff or a buyout type of situation. Yeah, with there's a chance with Justin Jackson, I think, but I, I you know, I don't know. It, like you said, someone would have to to pick him off waivers. So the Mavericks wouldn't be up for that five million guaranteed next year. Uh, that's kind yeah. of a risk, and I don't know if they want to take that right now. And Justin Jackson, you know, can be good. He's been terrible this year, but he can be a good shooter. When his floater's going down, he can be a, you know a pretty decent offensive player. Uh, the defense has been absolutely awful, but uh, you hope with more coaching and, you know, through another off season that hopefully you can, you know, help him to figure out where he is in the system. And maybe sometimes it takes guys, you know, longer than just, you know, half a year in an off season to figure it out. So uh, there's I, definitely honestly, still potential. He was, a you know, what the 15th pick just a little while ago too. So he has potential yeah. still. Yeah. And, you know, I think, I think if I had to predict something, I know they really like Courtney Lee in that locker room. Yeah, uh, this team is going to be a playoff team. So when you look at when that playoff you know time comes, you want some guys in the locker room that's been there, done that. And even though we would prefer those guys to be a part of the main rotation, at least having them on the roster around the team would help. Courtney Lee's been to a finals yeah. before with him the and magic. JJ Barea. With the yeah, Magic with, and, and Dwight Dwight Howard back in the Dwight day. Howard, JJ Redick, Rashard Lewis, all those guys. Like that's the uh, so. I think Both the one the, game the Magic won, he got a crazy steal off of an inbound, if I remember correctly. I remember freaking out as a Lakers fan that he got this steal. And he, yeah, anyway, I think that was the one he, game they won that series. He might have wore a mask in that series. I know he had a headband, but um, anyway, that I think I if I had to predict, they would go to Ryan Brokoff route. Will there be an uproar in Mavs Twitter? 
if they waive Ryan Brokaw for Michael Kidd Gilchrist? <laughs> yeah, a small one. Sure. Okay. Because, I mean, Brokaw can shoot the lights out. So you'd be kind of trading out shooting for another defender. Can we dust off our, our fuse to NBA players machine and, and fuse Ryan Brokoff and kid Gilchrist? <laughs> if only, if only we could Michael Ryan kid, kid Brokoff. <laughs> I'm just here for the all hyphenated team of <laughs> Dorian Finney Smith, Willie Collie Stein, Michael kid Gilchrist. Gilchrist. Am I missing one? Do we have another one? Maxi Kleba Nowitzki. Chris Douglas Roberts. Can we add him? Darius Johnson Odom. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. Yeah, now. I'm out too. I can't um, do we do we want to touch on some other buyout names possible? Or yeah, do we, we teased hype it up, enough. We do should. you want to hype up Darren Collison again? Because somehow Darren oh, Collison man. turned into Oscar Robertson for what? the Los Angeles Lakers, and he was going to put him over the top. I mean, heck, are they trading for Kyrie Irving? Because Darren Collison was finesse. the – he, he was the equivalent of like Duke bringing in a like two star recruit and saying, Hey, we're going to give you the whole like parade and show you the campus and everything. <laughs> when did Darren Collison become so good? What? Like, I this know is it's the Lakers. Season. Trade season and buyout season and then the draft are like these three magical times in the NBA where all of a sudden the pool of available players, there's a hierarchy and the top of the, of the pool, however it winds up. That player is all of a sudden like a guaranteed like NBA star. You know, the draft in that Oladipo draft, all of a sudden we're talking about him like a generational player. Uh, in you know trade market, all of a sudden we're talking about uh, Marcus Morris as if he's like this next Jordan stopper, like he's just the next like absolute stud. And now Darren Collison is the best player available, and all of a sudden we're talking about him like he's going to come change the Lakers. <laughs> It's they ridiculous. started talking about him on like ESPN and everything like a week ago, and now ever since you know the deadline finishes, everybody's still talking about it. Oh, watch out for Darren Collison! Then he goes for dinner with the bus, you know, bus family. Oh, he what sits a finesse! Court, goes sits courtside court with Jeannie Bus. They put him before. on the jumbotron, and they cheered like, for him like crazy. I'm like, bro, also they lost that Ron- game terribly, and so they. I know Rondo's bad, but I mean, we're acting like Darren Collison is. I mean, Collison's big, at least big, a forty percent three point shooter. Like he's at, he's at least that. Yeah, yeah. What a year and a half ago? I mean, no. I mean, the last, last time he last played season. Okay, we were talking about him like he was going to make ten million dollars this free agency. Okay, a year. Like we were actually wow. talking about him like like a pretty decent rotation player, but he just inexplicably. I mean, he's a good player. I mean, I don't want to crap all over him, but I mean, well, good's relative, but I mean. He's good for this situation. He's better than Rondo. We'll leave it at that. But I mean, people are acting like he's going to be the key to the finals for him. That I mean, that was a that was a wild turn of events. And then obviously he's going to stay retired. So great job, Lakers. I mean, we can we can. There's not as many like there's. It's not as bountiful. But we can look at some of the Willie Colley Stein takes that happened when that trade went down, and, and we can talk about that too. Nobody nobody's saying Willie Colley Stein was taking Dallas to the championship. Yeah, right? but it's it's relative, right? We're talking about it, it wasn't. Don't even dare he's try gonna, to say it was the same level as Darren Collison. He's gonna start From, and he's gonna take over the Dwight Powell spot. He's gonna fill in for Dwight Powell. They're gonna go to the playoffs. When you had Clutch Client herself, Rachel Nichols, doing like segments on it on the jump <laughs> and Win Horse and everybody talking about Darren Collison. I got. I heard Darren Collison's name more over this past week it's, than I don't. Anybody. It's all blown out because the Lakers fan base is eight times bigger than any other fan base. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, but that doesn't make. I don't understand, I don't understand what you're confusing about. What you're confused about then? 
Because we all acted like Darren Collison was the next we, Oscar who's, Robinson. We all, you're talking about the, the people that are... Media, Twitter, I'm, everything. That's like, the media Lakers talking about base. it so much, though. And then we talked about Willie Collie. We spent. We did an emergency pod on Willie Collie. Because we're a, we're a daily Mavericks podcast. That's right. what we're supposed to do. National media, they're supposed to act like Darren Collison's Oscar Robinson for the buyout. No, they're people. not. No, I, no. I just we just talked about how the available pool of players. He was the best one, and so they're going to talk about him like that. Plus, he yeah, had the whole thing with, with Jeannie Buss. Like it was a trending topic. I mean, I'm glad. Cool. Like even don't make me defend fan- Kendrick Perkins. Just, oh lord no just because a fan base is <laughs> big doesn't perk. mean doesn't mean you have to hype up a player that you know they're a huge difference maker i think he would have been a difference maker he would have been better than rondo cool yeah that's that's the weakest part of their lineup i think right now okay all right are we talking about other bio guys sure we might as well michael kid gilgos we already talked about if we go down the list i have some in alphabetical order tell me um, or actually, you you have your list. Go ahead with your. Well, list. no, just, just real quick. Somebody, uh, literally, a high school high schooler asked me today and said, "What is a buyout guy?" When I was talking about, oh, they question. asked me about Michael Kidd Gilchrist, and I was like, basically, you just look at guys across the league on like sucky teams that are on expiring contracts. A lot of times, they're vets. They want to go to some playoff teams, and you just find these guys that they'll approach a team and say, "Hey, like I'm expi- you know, I'm on an expiring deal worth like ten million dollars, meaning if that you- their deal ends after this season. Expiring deal means that." They're not going to be in under contract next season. They're going to be a free agent. Their deal's up in like four or five months. So, yeah. and they're on a sucky team. And they basically say, hey, I- I'm supposed to make $10 million this year. How about, you know, I'll sacrifice a couple of million. You pay the rest of that. And, you know, you cut, we'll mutually agree that I'm a free agent. We'll cut free to our ties and all that stuff. So, a classic when- buyout guy was Pedro Stojakovic back with the, when the Mavericks made their run, their 2011 run. He was the one. And I think Tim McMahon tweeted out he's the only guy to play a hundred minutes on a championship team in the in the playoffs and be a buyout guy like he's the only one that's crazy that's pretty crazy stat yeah so you know kid gilchrist marvin williams we saw that you know a few days ago him going yeah. to the bucks that's the prime like example of what this you know looks like the marvin we should williams be talking stuff. about marvin williams like darren collison that's that's a sneaky good move for them that's like a air Sandeliasova insurance if he doesn't show up no, that that is a sneaky move for him. I mean, I think all eyes right now are on Tristan Thompson. They traded for yeah. Andre Drummond. Th- Thompson's coming off, going to come off the bench now. I'm assuming. What a weird looking team. I, I watched a little bit of that last night, and holy cow, that just looks so weird. Andre Drummond and Kevin Love on the bench. I think Drummond hit like three threes in that game, though. Let's go. Just do whatever you want to in Cleveland. <laughs> he bro. is doing whatever he wants. Um, but no, I, you know, all eyes are on Tristan Thompson. I think he's one of the few buyout guys that could really change a lot of things. And if he gets bought out, Clippers, I think it's going to be an arms race between you know, the Clippers and the Celtics. Rockets. Uh, Rockets too. You have man, like he would be, he would get huge minutes for them in a te- for a team that's going to go deep in the playoffs probably. So it's one of the situations where I mean, I think it would be great in Dallas. It's just we're going to be lower on the pecking order with a lot of, a lot of yeah. these guys. Um, and then once they get bought out, the player gets to pick. It's not you know a waiver situation. Yeah. It's not whoever bids the most. You know, it's it's strictly on the player gets to choose. He's a free agent. Yeah. So in Minnesota, I know Minnesota beat the crap out of the Clippers with their new team. Their new team looks actually really without fun. Russell, Malik Beasley. I, I'm excited for him, but. Well, well, Alan Crabb or Evan Turner, you think that a buyout could happen with either one of these guys. They're both on big numbers, around $18, $19 million expiring deals for Minnesota. Minnesota's not going anywhere this year. 
what you think there's a possibility they could get bought out slash go somewhere that yeah I have, I have them and James Johnson also in Minnesota that could be an option oh, yeah I forgot about he him. was he got he got sent in that trade um, he's he's got another year on his deal I think though I don't I looked it up but, but I don't think he does anyway. but um but yeah he could he, that could be an option for them too um yeah it's it's interesting to see and I think the deadline for players to be signed before the playoff you know cut cut you know cut off is march 1st right yeah end of this month basically all that stuff has to happen before the end of february and you know a lot of these times sometimes this stuff drags out and you know see it's kind of like a back and forth thing like you know cleveland told everybody forever tristan thompson's not gonna be bought out it ain't happening but you know who knows you know what happens over the next week or so and tristan's like hey i really want to i really want to go join a contender and he's willing to give up more money a lot of these times these buyout situations happen because of money if a player's yeah. like i don't want to give up you know five million i'll give up two but the team's like no you're going to give up five if you want to you know get out of your contract it's a lot of that stuff that goes back and forth james johnson player option next year so yeah he's not gonna be an option Okay, he'll probably pick that up. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably. I think um, I think Evan Turner would be coveted by some play, by some teams if he gets bought up. Reggie Jackson, they kind of flirted with that the other day with Detroit. Uh, that was one that got brought up. I think he would be a decent guard. I don't know. I, he's probably on the level of Darren Collison, right? Like that kind of a yeah. guard. Um, not as good of a shooter, but he would be a guy that's potential. They kind of flirted with it. It looks like that. It it seemed like from that story the other day that Detroit approached him and said, "Do you want to get bought out?" <laughs> he, you know, so they're go, they're deciding on that. Um, if I was him, I would definitely do that. By the way, Isaiah Thomas got you know waved. He got let go by the Clippers. Um, that's the one that I had. Deion Waiters is now out there. Apparently, the Lakers are talking to him. Just bring him and J.R. Smith both Please. in. I don't know. Put them on two way. I don't care. Bring them both. In. You think you think Cleveland? Would do Matthew Dellavedova? I had his name too. I have no idea about that situation. So um, I feel like I don't so know. I don't know what he teams would, would like him though. Can he bring? Can he bring anything to the team right now? Hey, if Rondo's getting minutes, then he'd be an upgrade over Rondo, right? How far removed are we from from when Matthew Dellavedova had to get like an IV going into the hospital after that that That's finals true. game? Who's better, Rajon Rondo or Isaiah Thomas? Oh, right now. Yeah. Damn. Got me on that's that good. one. That's you good, got me on that one. <laughs> um, I literally just put Pistons as a whole team yeah. <laughs> on my list because I mean, even guys like they traded for Brandon Knight, yeah, John, John Henson, um, like you said, Reggie Jackson. They're, man, they got one of the worst rosters in the league now. So uh, I mean, it's it's rough. Can um, they do Markeith well, Morris? Can they? Can he turn down that player option? And can he? Man, does, I don't know. I don't know if he if he could go that far. Maybe if he he's clutch, right? He's clutch client. He could back channel all that so. stuff. Um, I don't know how the bad stuff work out with like non guaranteed deals. Um, yeah, the Knicks guys—that's who I had: Taj Gibson, Ellington. They're both non guaranteed next year. I feel yeah. like you could. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. I don't want to say anything wrong, but uh, those guys could be options. Tyler Johnson, Phoenix just just waived him or let him go, uh, so he's definitely available right now. That's a guy that's interesting. Um, I don't think the, I got- uh, the Mavs should add him. He's not a good three point shooter, so it's man that contract is it's. It's so weird that in 2016, Miami made all these terrible contracts. Their team looked absolutely hopeless, and now they're the second best, third best team in the East, and we're talking about them like they're geniuses at team building. It's just so wild that we went, what is it, four years from being absolutely bleak and no hope, maybe two years, to now being this team, this up-and-coming, incredible team building team with Bam and these young guys they pulled out of thin air. It's it's wild. You think think Phoenix – entertains Aaron Baines at all 
I doubt it. I, I just doubt it. Okay. I mean, they're not going anywhere. But I think they would have traded him if they were going down that route. Very true. Or he would have heard his name and trade stuff. Handful of Sacramento guys. Alex Lynn. Yeah, that's a possibility. Tolliver was a guy I had. Tolliver. What about Yogi? Yeah, I've I've seen him on on some uh, some speculative it's, sites. And see that this next guy is is a guy that would fit the flyer type. They declined the they declined the option for him to be a, a free agent coming this this summer. Harry Giles. He Harry Giles. Yeah, and it's like he's not going to go back there. He was even quote tweeting something the other day that one of the reporters something said you know they was interviewing somebody with the Kings and they said something about a, a minute restriction for him. And Harry Giles literally quote to him and is like minute restriction, like question mark. I haven't heard of any restriction for me. Uh, that, that situation, that marriage is not going to be, you know, happening this summer. So if you're, that's if you're a marriage Kings, story right there that, that should be up for a nomination. Uh, but if like your Giles, do you approach, you know, approach them and saying, Hey, can you buy me out? Let me go join at least a playoff team. And that's a flyer type of guy, like an MKG, whatever it is, except he's younger. And that's not a playoff type player though. No, no, he's not at all. But that like, I could see a a non-playoff team going after him too. But the, the only other two I had was Marco Bellinelli. If the Spurs like plumbing over the next like week or so, uh, he's a shooter that, I mean, I feel like he always plays in the playoffs. He always hits shots. But literally Philly or a bunch of teams would be after them if he got freed. And this is the guy I told my Rockets you know, Rockets friend that I'm like, hey, this guy will probably be your big by the end of the month is Jan Mihine. Jan Mihine, so, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think uh, if I'm Washington and him, I approach a buyout with that. But not a ton of like huge – I think Tristan Thompson's the biggest name that everybody's watching right now. And uh, I think for Dallas, if they don't do um, the MKG thing – uh, we find out on Monday that he goes somewhere else. Then I don't know where they go from there. Yeah. If they want to even, I don't even know if they add anybody else, if that's the case. Yeah. They probably stand pat and honest. And honestly, if they stand pat, I think it's okay. Just get healthy and you know, it'll, it'll be okay. But if they're able to add somebody, one of these guys, then uh, it's an interesting move to see uh, if they could bring anything. All right, guys, we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, man, longer, longer show today, but we didn't do any over the weekend. So, Game tonight at one home. More th- no, say it. Say it. Hey, one more thing, Nick. Yeah, there you go. Uh, game tonight at home against the Utah Jazz, who literally just uh, oh, yesterday, what a game. yesterday hit a, hit a big-time shot, Bognatovich, to beat the Rockets. Uh, Luka, I'm sure you've seen on Twitter by now, he's already listed as out for this game. That'll be his seventh game. Come on, Brad. Said, Come on, Brad. Tell me he's going to play. Brad, it, Come when, on. when do we know he's going to play? Come on, Brad. Um, let us know. We've been very open on this podcast that once they said six games, that at least I've been very open that I figured it was going to be eight. And uh, he's not playing against you know the Jazz on Monday night unless something drastically changes. I would be surprised if he played on Wednesday, but that's just me. And uh, but I, I expect him to you know partake in everything that's going to come up this coming weekend and for All Star Weekend. But yeah, game tonight, Utah Jazz, huge game too, and potential. First round matchup for both teams, right? Yeah, it could be for sure. Anything's in yeah. play, really. Yeah. So, anyway, that's it. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked on Maps. Peace out. Boom. Boom.